Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am so good. So good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation today. Me too. Yeah. I know. We get to talk about spiritual gifts. Yeah. What a cool topic. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And I feel like this topic too, even as we've been diving into understanding them better, like I, I, I kind of feel, if I'm really honest, I kind of feel like I, I haven't had a lot of excellent teaching on this throughout I mean I've been like an sold out on fire you know for Jesus believer for many years like 30 years and I I haven't I haven't had a really concrete teaching on this do you know what I'm saying I totally know like what you're I saying. like lots of teaching around it and even lots of like encouragement towards like identifying trying to identify your spiritual gifts but the real breakdown of like what it actually is and how it works in our lives I I haven't really dove into that I think as much as I have in the last season and I am loving this it is amazing to know how uniquely God has made you and things that just operate in your lives you know I have done a spiritual gifts many tests of spiritual gifts but I think the recent teaching we've done has really helped us understand what the actual spiritual gifts are. Because when I look back at some of the tests, things I thought were my spiritual gifts were actually just natural abilities or things that I've learned that we're going to dive in a little bit more into to explain what that means. But to really hone in and to target and identify my actual spiritual gifts, it's, it has literally been a revelation for me. That is something I've never really been able to kind of decipher because... That yeah. I think some of the way we've been able to now walk that through has made it very clear yeah. of where those lines are and where yeah. different gifts sets kind of fall in, what categories. Yeah. So really neat. And I mean, I, th- I feel like at least in my experience, and I've even done this as a leader, like I've, I've even been guilty of probably doing a very like light, like not diving enough into it as I'm leading people. But there was kind of this idea that because when you take a spiritual gift test, it always brings up your top three. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, I have three. Everyone has three. Well, what, where did that even come from? And what, what's that about? Because that's not true for one. Yes. Like, but again, the impression is that when you do your spiritual gift test, well, tell us your top three. You know, you're in a small group, you take an online test, whatever you do a paper test. It's like, what are your top three that come up to the top? Well, like you just said, those might not even actually be your spiritual gifts. Those might just be like very natural tendencies that you have, things that kind of come easy to you, skills you've developed. Um, even they might even be things that you enjoy doing, but it still might not specifically be your spiritual gifts. So diving, I think diving a little bit deeper onto not just identification of the gift that kind of pops up, but the out what does that gift actually mean what does that gift actually do mm-hmm. and how do i use that gift mm-hmm. how do i use that gift for the furtherance of the kingdom of god so anyways we're going to pull some information today that we're going to be talking about from 
the Fountain of Life Covenant Church, um, Understanding and Developing Giftedness, which has just some really good resources and explanations mm-hmm. and really helpful um, information to help people process this. So we're going to pull some information from that today uh, as we t- as we dive into this conversation. But I'm really excited because honestly, as I've been embracing spiritual gifts from a very different perspective than I ever have mm-hmm. before in my life, something's coming alive inside of me that that wasn't there before. Mm. And I know that's the empowerment piece of the working of the Holy Spirit that's within me. Um, I know that one of the things that has really stood out for me in this journey is this concept and this idea that the spiritual gifts that we have come from the Holy Spirit, that they're not mine, I don't own them. They are not my natural gift or ability, that they're something that the Spirit of God enables and empowers me to walk in as the Holy Spirit empowers and enables me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when he chooses, I don't get to just operate it in it whenever I want to. I don't get to just like turn it on and turn it off. There's a sovereignty to even the how that gift is used in my life based on a hundred percent reliance on the spirit of God. And I think that shifted something for me because I think I kind of thought like, oh, I have these gifts and I just use them all the time. Mm. I can use them whenever I want. I use them. And I kind of, I think, thought that they're mine, like that I somehow had some ownership in them. And so to understand that they're not mine, (laughs) that I'm given them by the spirit, enabled by the spirit, and called to steward them by the spirit as the spirit allows, um, that's just helped me to shift a bit of my thinking and belief and mindset around those gifts. That's really powerful. And I think that's exactly like there's even the shifting of understanding what the purpose of spiritual gifts are for. And it really is to equip the saints for like to build up the body of Christ. It's a supernatural thing to build up the body of Christ, but it can become very um, diluted when we're thinking of what's our natural abilities. What are like things that we have actually learned, like acquired skills and spiritual skills and then our spiritual gifts. And they can sometimes become muddy. Like you're not really sure. And so like you're saying, Laura, once we get a hold of that, we realize this is all by God. The spiritual gifts are by, well, we're all owned by God. Let's just say like God owns all of me, whatever I do in word and deed, it's all for him. But when I guess the spiritual gifts, it is something very divine. It's supernaturally empowered, supernaturally and filled by the Holy Spirit. But when you're just thinking through your own life, you might say, well, what is a spiritual gift? How do I know? Well, first thing is to know what it's not. And like what it's not is your natural ability is something that you are innate to. It's you are born with it. When you think of dispositions, many people have done personality tests. There's things that you're naturally just disposed to be like and to do and to accomplish because that's your disposition. I'm an Enneagram three. And you're good at those And things. you're good at them. Yeah. So an Enneagram three, very much like focused. I came out of the gates, like knowing what I wanted, focused and achiever, achiever. Yeah, yeah, all, driven. Yeah. All of those yeah. things to accomplish things to get ahead, to be successful. That was kind of how I came out of the gates for you as you know, an Enneagram seven that looks different and what those things are, the skill sets that come with that. And, um, those are, those are acquired. Those are things that are just natural. God gave me natural abilities. You know, since I was little, I love to sing 
and I love to just be able to do all those. Those are natural abilities that God gave me. Now it moves into acquired skills. Acquired skills are things that are learned that help us to accomplish things. So I might have had a natural ability to sing, a raw talent to sing, but I also had an acquired skill that through practice, through a singer, like all my right. schooling, right. I acquired greater levels of skill in that area. I think I, I just want to like make a little comment here, but I don't think it's <laughs> super fair that you actually, even as a young natural born skill had so many, because really anything you did, you did well, <laughs> yeah, but also ever. it's because of your Enneagram, right? Enneagram Everything three. you chose, anything you chose to put your hand to do, you, you wanted to exceed at it and be like better not I don't think your focus was to be better than other people but you wanted to do it well yes. like that was important and that mattered so you didn't do things that you weren't good at and you did the and everything you did you were really good at whereas like that's not a priority for <laughs> my personality <laughs> so I grew up really feeling like I didn't really have very many natural born skills or abilities I wasn't that good in school I wasn't you know I could go through the list of things I wasn't that good at but that's a, that's okay that's just a difference in kind of how we're wired so I would have fallen a lot more on the acquired skills mm -hmm. and would have had to just do a lot more learning in order to develop like skill sets that were helpful for me in life, right? Yes, exactly. So you have your natural abilities you're kind of born with, just a real, like an ability to bend towards something. You're just, you do well. Right. Then you have your acquired skills that you kind of grow in and you become gifted develop. in and you develop and you might have a passion for an interest in. But then your spiritual gift is a God-given unique capacity imparted to each of us for the purpose of releasing the Holy Spirit's empowered ministry from us for the building up of the church and God's kingdom on earth. Love, love It is supernatural. Love that. It's supernatural. Supernatural. It's supernatural. I love that. You know, we recently talked about the parable of the talents in our uh, one of our staff meetings. And as we were talking about it, I was thinking about this through the lens of spiritual gifts. And I, I feel like that's exactly how it is. The master who is very wealthy, who has all of the abundance comes and he entrusts something that is his, it's not ours, it's his to each of us based on the measure he decides. And I just, as I was thinking about, it, I was thinking about it through the lens of spiritual gifts. That's exactly what he does. And when you think about that story, you know, everything that was entrusted to each of those people, it didn't belong to them. It wasn't theirs. It wasn't their money. It wasn't their property. It wasn't their talent. It wasn't theirs. It belonged to the master. It all belonged to the master and the master entrusted it to them. And that's very much like what it's like um, for, for spiritual gifts. And I love too how every Christian has sort of a giftedness set that includes, so the our giftedness set includes exactly what you're saying, our skills, our natural born skills, our acquired skills, and our spiritual gifts. That's the set, our giftedness set. But that set includes at least one spiritual gift, at least one, which is interesting when you think about it. Like, we're t I don't know. I think I felt like I was taught that you could have them all. Did, mm -hmm. do you, did you feel like yes. that in a way? You just ask for them and you can get them. Like you were supposed yeah. to somehow like yeah. uh, operate in every one of them or, or, or something. I don't, e I don't even know. I, I haven't really thought through why I thought that. But do you know what? I kind of believed that. But actually, there's one primary gift that each one of us has 
every every one of us kind of has one gift that kind of stands out amongst all the other gifts. And I think the goal of this series that we're going to be entering into would be that for every single believer, that the Holy Spirit would give us a revelation of what that is. Mm-hmm. And that we would focus on that one gift, that we would be content in the one gift that he's given us, and that we would use it, that we would like allow ourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit in that gift with all of our heart, with all of our being, with everything we have, that we'd be available, mm-hmm. available for God to use us in that. So I kind of I kind of love that because it actually sets us free from the pressure of having to walk in all of the gifts, you know? So understanding that giftedness helps us to develop our capacity as leaders, helps us to make wise decisions. And even like in things like ministry opportunities, the way we want to serve the Lord, career, Mm -hmm. even our career, how we want to, you know, choices that we want to make about our our life. And so again, it can help in every single aspect of our life. And it's true. And if you are in leadership, you often have a gift mix. So I know Lord, you're talking about everyone's got one, but if God has given you this, like a leadership gifted, like you're yeah. a gifted leader, there's yeah. often... So researchers have, yeah. have teach and even like the Clinton resource that we're using, yeah, mm-hmm. teaches that if you have a spiritual gift of leadership, you often have a complementary gift that kind of goes with with that yeah so so that's really yeah yeah i know and i love that it's broken and the one thing actually i want to just go back to real quick is you may have one dominant spiritual gift or as a leader a gift mix that you work in but if it's not a spiritual gift everything is a spiritual discipline love that right so so what does that mean so what it means is i may not have um the spiritual gift of giving for example Okay. But God has still called me to use a spiritual discipline of the tithe, of being generous, of walking in generosity with all areas of my life, of holding my life lightly, my things lightly. Offering. Those offerings, all of those things are part of the intentional. And I really believe that's why there's a tithe too. <laughs> it's the intentional spiritual practice of a discipline of operating in that gift in a discipline okay not as a spiritual gift but as a discipline a spiritual discipline we're called to be in all those spiritual disciplines right but the spiritual gift that we have there is a supernatural empowerment and energy that comes with it too like when you're in your spiritual gift what may exhaust someone else really invigorates like there is life that comes through you for building up the body of christ you know when it's your spiritual gift you know it it feels different right and it's supernatural. God uses you. Right. And there's an ease that comes with it. A total ease that is there. But everyone is called to spiritual discipline in all other areas. You know what? That every time I hear that, it makes me, it, it gives me this picture of if every single person knew what that gift was, and if every single person operated in it, in the fullness of the capacity of the whole, that the Holy Spirit gives, I feel like there would be such ease in the work of the Lord. Like uh, in the building of God's kingdom on earth, there would be such ease constantly. Like I just love that word ease mm. from the perspective of the joy and the satisfaction and the the utter, just the utter elation of stepping into 
what the Holy Spirit has empowered you to do. But if everyone did that, and if we all did that side by side, and if we all valued what each other is bringing to the table equally, what what a beautiful picture. Because otherwise, like what you're talking about, when we have to walk in the gifts, which we need them all, so they all need to be used. And if we're doing it from discipline, there isn't going to come the same ease, which then, you know, if you're using three or four or five in a day, but really only one is your primary, like at the end of that day, you're going to be tired. Like you're going to, you're going to have done a whole lot of work. Whereas if we had people alongside us that are each operating in the fullness of that gift all together in unison, we can all leave with such like Mm -hmm. joy and fulfillment and ease and beauty. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's just a beautiful picture. It's just a beautiful picture of how God has set it up and ordained it. So there's a question, you know, that comes up, how do I receive spiritual gifts? And, you know, there's sort of an outline of some of the ways that we find in scripture of how people um, receive spiritual gifts. One of them would just be the laying on of hands. And and the scriptures talk about that, how, you know, the leaders come along and they lay on of hands. And so every single week at Life Center over the next, you know, uh, season, we're going to believe God for an empowerment of the gifts that are resident in in the body of Christ or a fresh awakening of those mm-hmm. gifts in the body of Christ. And we're going to believe through prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't lay on our hands in this <laughs> weird season, but but we know that God, that that's not a limitation for God. Um, and just believe for that, that, you know, to be... Uh, Seen. I'm just laughing, thinking about, you know, the handkerchief used in uh, the New Testament. Yes. We'll just start hanging out like Lysol wipes. Yeah. <laughs> no handkerchief. Yes. I'm going to pray over this Lysol wipe, wipe my hands and give it to you. Yes. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. That's funny. Maybe that's laugh. funny. Um, so another way we find in scripture is through a sovereign act. Uh, the Holy Spirit confirms in a variety of ways. Um, somebody's words and ministry. So just the sovereignty of God, he just b- bestows that. In at conversion is another one and that every single believer receives the Holy Spirit at conversion. Um, and so those gifts begin to be released. We're, we're not always aware of it um, mm-hmm. at conversion, but the awakening of those gifts begins right there. Um, there's something called the power gate, which I haven't actually heard this word. Have you heard that phrase I've before? Power gate? Word, I, haven't, I like it. I haven't heard that phrase. Well, because we love power. So <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. yes. the power gate. Um, these gifts are released when the believer receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is also called like a second filling or an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we, we do call it that in our Pentecostal tradition. So um, when that releasing of the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes upon, sometimes there's a releasing of those supernatural gifts of the Spirit that come in that time. And I, yeah, and the next one would be a ministry specific. So the Holy Spirit can release the gifts as they're needed in a specific ministry situation. And we see that all the time, we right? Do. Like yeah. when the when the gift is needed, yeah. there's there's like an, an empowerment for it exactly and and that can happen supernaturally like even a gift that's not your primary on a on an occasion but oftentimes when there's a ministry specific situation you all of a sudden see people come and god just releases that in their lives in that specific need and situation it's beautiful there's also intercession as an answer to a spirit-led prayer for gifts that are needed in an ongoing ministry situation so once again praying into that that just asking the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide it, and he just brings the gifts as needed 
It's beautiful. He resources and equips and empowers. It's beautiful. And communal mission. The gifts are released through the principle of spiritual contagion. Contagion. Like, yeah. yeah, it's contagious. Like uh, we've experienced that. Yes. I have experienced that. Yes. Like actually when we think about like in um different like meetings and things that we've had all of a sudden there's it's this eruption of whether it's been the baptism of the holy spirit or people like prophecy prophecy or seeing something in the spirit like a vision sermon yeah we've seen that contagion i love that that's when spiritual gifts are released and caught in an environment where spiritual power and ministry are happening deliverance freedom like all of a sudden people are just overtaken yeah in this yeah. mat like a multitude of people mm-hmm. you can it's see beautiful. um even the spiritual gift of intercession mm. that can like fall yes. on a group of people yes. at the same time even if that's not a normal spiritual gift that you operate in yeah it can kind of fall on you it when the environment is so so those are those are kind of exciting and yeah. and really really fun i love that i love that so today we're going to unpack um the love gifts so there's yeah. kind of three clusters of gifts like as in a variety of gifts will fit in the same cluster of um I don't even know what the word is, but these clusters. So there's the word gifts, there's the power gifts, and then there's the love gifts. So the word gifts would clarify the nature of this unseen God and what he expects from his followers. People using these gifts both communicate about God and for God. Word gifts help us to understand God's nature, his purposes, and how to relate to him, including exhortation, teaching, apostleship, ruling, that's leadership, prophecy, faith, pastor evangelism words of wisdom words of knowledge Mm, that's so powerful Mm -hmm. okay and then we have the power gifts and this is a demonstration of god's reality the power gifts when they show up you literally know that god's in the room you literally feel the reality of the unseen god and these are these are faith words of knowledge discerning of spirits miracles tongues interpretation of tongues healing words of wisdom and prophecy those are the gifts that are celebrated in church. Yes, Do you know what true. I mean? Like yeah. they're kind of elevated mm-hmm. as like the superior gifts in yeah. some way. And, you know, I love how even in the scriptures, when the descriptions of all the gifts are coming, like just that importance that Paul places on, like, how could the hand say to the foot, I don't need you? Yes. Like just the importance of, and then he even references like even the lesser gifts, recognizing not saying they are lesser saying that we we actually believe that they're lesser but they're not like Mm -hmm. he's he's actually bringing out a correction to us to say there are even the lesser gifts we have need of you like Mm -hmm. we can't do it without you but it's not actually he's saying that there are lesser gifts he's saying that's how you see them yes and it's not true so the love gifts kind of fall into this category of how humanity because again this is just uh like our own human way of having to elevate everything like something over mm-hmm, something else mm-hmm. but the love gifts kind of fall in this lesser category sometimes or that's our impression of them but they're not at all they're so essential and it's the manifestations attributed to God through practical ways that can be recognized by a world around us, which need love. They demonstrate the reality of relating this to God. Love gifts demonstrate God's work in people and attract others to seek relationship with him. And I love how, um, even as we unpack the love gifts, we're going to talk about the love gifts today. Um, I love how these gifts come 
under the body of Christ mm-hmm. and support the working of ministry. And they value something that's so special, so important that mm-hmm. without it, we actually can't do the work of the ministry. The love gifts come on the scene, even in the apostles, when they said like, we can't spend all of our time giving out food. Like we need, we need help. We need mm-hmm. someone to come alongside someone with a gift of mercy, someone with a gift of administration to help and organize how we help people, how we minister to people without these people with love gifts. Like ministry can't even happen. No, it won't function. So it's such a beautiful part of the body of Christ that we need it. And you and I have the opportunity to actually preach on this. We do. Which is kind of funny. It is funny seeing that neither one of us have love gifts in our gift mix. We, but we don't have the love gifts. But, that's but we, we practice a lot in the spiritual we discipline. Do. Oh, we goodness. do. It's true. It's and we true. do have acquired skills in some of these areas as well that like we've really yeah. developed, but not as spiritual gifts. They're definitely... <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's kind of cute. I know. I love it. And I love how you're talking about that they're supportive because love gifts are secondary in the sense, not in value or role, but they're not, they're often not in a leadership role. They're more in the supportive role. And just like you're saying, Lord, the value that they bring to leadership, because even in that scripture, the, the disciples were saying, we actually need to preach and teach. Like we actually need to be doing this. And that allowed them to be able to operate in their spiritual gifts by taking care of these areas that were secondary to the ministry of what God had called them to do. And so it's not in value. And that's, I think, the struggle with the love gifts too. They can definitely feel underappreciated, undervalued, insignificant, maybe that they're not really making a big difference. But as you've alluded to with the body of Christ, if we don't have the love gifts, Actually, none of the other, none of the gifts are able to work without each other. We are codependent as God has made the body. He has made the body of Christ codependent on each other. So the love gifts are such a gift to the local church and the leadership team. It's like a treasure. This is the treasure and there's special, there's going to be a special honor. God talks about that for those that operate in the love gifts. And so I love really that. Special. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things I remember reading about the love gifts um, that talk about how, you know, as soon as the love gifts try to, um, overpower the leader, like gifts of leadership and things like that, all of a sudden the order, like everything grinds to a halt, everything Mm -hmm. grinds to a halt. So these two gifts, like, you know, the, the word gifts, the leadership gifts and the love gifts, like they have to work in such beautiful tandem because as soon as administration, as soon as helps tries to drive, as soon as mercy tries to drive vision, everything goes to a halt. Everything comes to a halt. And so there's a lot of tension Mm -hmm. that comes between even love gifts and gifts of leadership or word gifts that want to push something forward in a much more maybe aggressive or powerful way. Um, But Mm. in order for the gospel to go to the world in order for the gospel to reach many, we need the administration of the love gifts, but we need that to come under the leadership in order to be able to reach many people for Jesus. And so it's, there's a real tension in that though. There is. And there, and sometimes like our, our pride gets in there and sometimes, you know, there's a jockeying of like just, yeah, 
position or value or the tensions of like what matters the most. And even in some of these love gifts, like particularly like mercy would be one that I see a lot of tension around because people who have mercy gifts, it's a love gift. They often think that everything about ministry should be geared through a mercy lens. Mm. And whereas often a leader or an apostle does not think through the lens of mercy. And so if that gift is not supporting leadership and, and operating in its fullness, but as a support role, everything will get pushed back to kind of the lowest common denominator. And we won't be able to actually meet all the needs of everybody that's out there. So it's mm. the tension mm-hmm. aspect of like navigating these gifts together. It's huge. And it requires every single one of us to have such humility for sure, and submission one to another, yeah. like genuine submission yeah. one to another, really know our place, really know our lane, know the lane that the Holy Spirit has given us and really submit one to another for mm-hmm. how we walk in that in its fullness. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Do you want to unpack? Let's unpack them. Um, you know, so we have in the love category, we have the gift, a uh, spiritual gift of administration, which is, I've always find that an interesting one, eh? As mm-hmm. a spiritual gift, but yes. so important. So important. <laughs> like you and I are very organized. Yeah. We're very. We've acquired some of the High skills. functioning yeah. in terms of like getting things done, but uh, I do not have a gift of administration. And when I like sit down to have to administrate something I'm dreaming up, like that part of it is soul crushing. Oh yeah, it's draining. <laughs> like I hate it. I yeah, don't enjoy it. Yeah. And if I have to work out systems and I've got to work and I, I just want to like hit my head on the <laughs> desk. Like I don't enjoy that part at all. Giving is another one, mercy and the gift of helps. So mm-hmm. these gifts are so beautiful. So yeah. Why don't you unpack? I'll unpack administration and helps. Why don't I do that? Because I think those are, they kind of go hand in hand. But I just love in for administration. It talks, we'll just go to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And it says, and God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping administrating, or could be called guidance. You can, can see it in a translation, sometimes guidance and various kinds of tongues. And that's kind of some of the spiritual gifts. There's around 21 that are actually identified through the scriptures, but we've, we've kind of given you the clusters, but with administration and helps, it is, there's a little bit of a difference between the two. Sometimes they can be intermixed, but they're not. They're very, very different. Administration works very closely with leadership. Very, very closely. When I think of people in my own life as a leader here at Life Center, I think of a couple right hand. I call them the right hands, like my right hand. They actually work so closely with me to organize everything that's needed to help the ministry to run. But they work with me to help systems, to stabilize. So you know you have the gift of ministration when this happens to you. You have a knack of organizing things. You like to standardize methods for doing things. You think in terms of helping people reach their goals. So you love to help as well. You like doing things that help other people. You don't mind managing things or executing the details involved in a plan that has been made by another, usually a leader. 
And so that's exactly you find. But I do find with the administration gifts, you usually tend to see yourself rising. You love to help. So that's sometimes where they can say, oh, I, I have the gift of helps. Well, if you find yourself being kind of always called with beside a leader and they're kind of running ideas past you, asking you to manage, to oversee, to organize with them so they can offload some of those things that are just, they're not able to do so they can run with the vision and the bigger picture, you probably have the gift of administration. You may have just thought it was helps, but you may have the gift of administration and especially with all the organization and just the strategic planning and the way you can kind of execute. You can execute. You can make it happen. You can make it happen. That's really good. That's really yeah. powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good articulation. Yeah. So that would be the gift of administration and the gift of helps carries, they both carry a desire to help us. Yes. Their yes. love, their love yes. is love. to support. Serving, coming exactly. under, supporting, love it. So the gift of helps has a strong desire to help people and ability to see ways other people can be, that they can help people in all different ways of being helpful. They're unself, they have an unselfish nature that can do tasks, whether they are menial or not. They bend towards practical service you can do little jobs and don't care about any credit. And you take joy that your gift releases others to operate in their gift, especially leadership gifts. So once again, like you are, the administrator tends to be much more in sync with a leader and working more hand in hand to execute um, plans. But the gifts of help come under to support the leadership in a much broader practical way. So all the leaders can run in a much more fuller way in what they need to do. But it is very practical, very broad. And I just think of like so many, I have the opportunity of being honored to be with the guest services team, which would have many in the administrative gifts and many in the, the helps gifts. And I think of like how many have said to me, you know, I don't care, I'll clean the bathroom. Just give me the plunger and give me some Lysol and I'm good to go. And I just think like, that's not something I probably would, <laughs> that's, I would Gravitate do it. towards. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It would be something absolutely I would do as, as a discipline, but also yeah. as part of loving our church. Yeah. But this is a spiritual gift where they actually, they want, like they They're are compelled, compelled they to do it. They can't not help. Exactly. They can't not offer help. Wow. Wow. So those would be two, two distinct areas. That's yeah. really good. That's really, really good. Wow. No. And I can see how those really do fall in the love category because of their service oriented nature. They genuinely come to serve. And what did yes. Jesus say, right? The greatest of the kingdom is a servant. Like these are to Jesus, I think the greatest oh, gifts. Oh yes. But humanly they yeah. get like the least of these, but th this is who Jesus says, no, no, this is the greatest in the kingdom. And that's, wow, that's beautiful. Um, so mercy, so I'll unpack mercy a little bit. Uh, a gift of mercy is um, th that tendency to see a, someone who's in need, um, to want to respond to them, to feel uh, deep empathy for those who are suffering, for those who um, are have a need in any way. And also you just, you feel compelled to be with them. You feel drawn to them. You know, where m m I, w I don't want to say most people, but people without this gift, they're often like, they kind of want to go in the opposite direction of someone who's really, really broken. Like when deep, deep brokenness kind of shows itself, the discomfort makes other people kind of go in the opposite direction not for someone with the gift of mercy. They're sort of drawn to it. Mm -hmm. They're sort of attracted to it. And they they can they can sit in that space and just be with that person and bring whatever it is that that person may need at the time. They're not afraid of it in any way. In fact, it mm -hmm. brings them great life to kind of lean into that space. One of the tensions with the gift of mercy, though, 
is that somebody with a gift of mercy can very easily believe that everybody should see the world the way that they see the world, Mm -hmm. especially because often this gift comes with a very heavy burden. Like those with the gift of mercy have a burden for those who are in need and for the Mm -hmm. poorest among us. And so you'll often see like whether it's the underprivileged people in a society or people who are struggling the most or people who are just disadvantaged in some way, you're drawn and attracted and want to help and want to come alongside and want to raise up and want to encourage and want to love and want to care for Mm -hmm. kind of the least of these, whoever, you know, Mm -hmm. society might deem as such. Um, And so you're just, you're just drawn into those spaces and your heart really is to share the love of Jesus with them. It's not just to sit with them and just to be there, but it's to share and bring the love and light and life of Jesus with them. But you don't run away from it. You're, you're drawn to it. And so you might find that if you have a gift of mercy, there's a lot of broken people around you. Mm, Yes. (laughs) You'll, you have a lot of broken people around you, you know, for, and again, here are some of the the qualities that you might see that you might have a gift of mercy if you have some of these, these things may happen to you. And, and maybe it's not all of them. Maybe it's just some of them, but tears come easily to you as you hear or see things that sadden you. You know, I was going for a walk with somebody um, just last week and a, a child was riding their bike and fell off their bike and this person almost started crying. And I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I was kind of like, get up. You're fine. The kid's <laughs> screaming. And, and this person's like, Oh, and they almost started to cry because oh they felt my. so like they just felt, you could tell oh. they wanted to go across the street and help this child, even though the child's parents were right there. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's this yeah. drawing yes, towards yes. just tenderness or any sort of like, can I, can I help you? They're drawn in. It's beautiful. Most people see you as highly empathetic. You want to reach out and help those who are hurting. People in need like to have you around because you bring comfort. So, so true. You have an unusual desire to express love to helpless people. And when confronted by hurting people, your first thought is, how can I help them? Mm. And these are the people with the gift of mercy. And this is a true love gift. And it's beautiful. And we need it. We Mm. need it so much. And so giving is the other gift that comes Mm. in the love cluster, which is so interesting because giving is a little different than all the other three. The other three have some very similar threads, just being drawn to help people. Um, And giving, I guess, is similar to that in that you're drawn to help using financial resources. But giving is a love gift because in the same way as the other gifts, it comes under to support the work of ministry in a very tangible and practical and very real way. And so it's put in the love category because it helps to further the work of ministry um, that takes place. And so giving is one of those gifts that I think that you know if you have it or not right away. I think people, you know, even beginning to talk um, about the gift of giving, they know if they have it or if they don't. Because, you know, like those people who are tight-fisted or have their hand over their wallet, like don't don't talk about money. Like don't talk about giving. Don't talk about my stuff, my finances. Like that's mine, like like hands off. You kind of know if you're a little bit more wired that way, um, a little more protective about... Or if you're, if you genuinely believe that everything you have belongs to the Lord and you're open handed and open fisted and anytime you have the opportunity to, um, so whether it's financially or whether it's a resource that you have, um, sacrificially, it's not, it, it comes with great ease. 
and great life to you. So people with the gift of giving have a sensitivity to recognize the needs of others, a quickness to assume some burdens for meeting the needs of others. So you respond like it's not just that you see it, but you actually see it and you do something about it. A joy in finding out a need and being able to meet it financially. I see this one in operation in so many small groups, you know, we'll be in a small group and somebody will say, oh, like I can't pay my rent this month. Like, can you guys please pray for me? And someone in the group inevitably will just hand that person, you know, $500 after, Mm -hmm. after the group, just because God just told them to. And it's with great ease and they have $500 in their purse. You know what I'm saying? Like these people are they have quite ready. A few rouges. We need the, yeah, they have the rouges in their <laughs> purse. Right. But they're just ready. Wow. They're just ready to, and are just easily given over. Just listen wow. acutely to the Lord yeah. and they just are easily given over. A capacity that provides the means to give to others. God often gives these people uh, the capacity for a lot to f- flow through their hands. Mm. So you'll, they might not have a lot of money, but probably if you counted in their lifetime, a lot flows through their hands because they don't hold it. They don't hold it. So it's beautiful. A carefulness in handling finances, the ability to amass financial resources, a conviction of that what you have belongs to the Lord and you're to steward that. And you take delight and look for ways um, for things to flow through you to God, to further ministry, to bless somebody, to help somebody. And you don't look for rewards or praise for what you're doing. In fact, for you who have the gift of giving, the more secretive, the better. One of the things in some of the teachings that I've heard, though, around the gift of giving that I think is really, really important is that the gift of giving should not only be done in private because mm-hmm. the gift of giving actually helps to inspire faith mm-hmm. in others to be able to also step into the spiritual discipline of giving. And if it's only done in private and never like not celebrated from the perspective of look how amazing this person is, but look at what God has done Mm -hmm. through this gift, then others cannot be inspired in the same way. So we Mm -hmm. need to, people with the gift of giving need to talk about how God's speaking to them because it's inspiring and because it actually stirs faith. But again, this Mm -hmm. isn't something we're comfortable with. I mean, you never walk up to someone and ask them anything about money. It's so private, even Mm -hmm. as Canadians, Mm -hmm. but that's not a biblical that's yeah. not a biblical yeah. concept, you know? So, yeah. and we can even see stories in scriptures where in the scriptures where, you know, people sold all that they had, all their property and gave it to the church and it was public and they're named for mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. not like it wasn't a private thing. This was done publicly. And so again, there are places where it's important actually that people with the gift of giving are celebrated and yeah. these gifts and these this obedience is celebrated. So those are some of the love gifts that are absolutely, absolutely amazing. And again, um, if you have any of these gifts or if you feel like you have, you know, some of these gifts may be stirring or if any of these descriptions sort of like hit something for you, take some time to pray, take some time to really seek the Lord because the heart of even talking about this is that you would recognize this, recognize that you may have this gift, not just, not just a skill for it, but Mm -hmm. actually like a supernatural empowerment and pray into that and let God confirm that for you because we want to see these gifts used in powerful ways in the body of Christ. And then ask someone around you too. Like if you're someone you really trust and sees you on a regular side, listen, I'm feeling this is a spiritual gift. You see this in my life. And it's really neat. Like when God kind of confirms and they say yes, and you're like, okay, 
not that we, we need confidence from others, but it does. No, no, no. You, need, you need the yeah. confirmation. The it, confirmation. It exactly. Like the confidence is different. That comes from Christ, but the confirmation comes from community. And that's really important to have that difference. Our confidence shouldn't be in other people. It should always be in Christ. But confirmation will come through the community and the, and that will make your gifting will make room for you within the community. But ask for that confirmation. Just kind of put that out there and see if someone can kind of confirm. It's really good. Um, and that really does give just the ability for you to walk a bit more freer and fully in the community in that way. It's and beautiful. I actually just want to say too, one more thing about giving is that the give uh, the spiritual gift of giving has nothing to do with how much money you have or make. Yes. Nothing. Yes. Nothing. You can be a pauper, but know that everything you have belongs to the God and can belongs to God and can be easily given over to giving what you have. And that's the gift of giving. It's not, it has nothing to do with a dollar amount. It has to do with being so able good. to give sacrificially, um, and just in obedience to Christ with joy and, and ease. And if you're easily given over to that, whether you have money or you don't, you probably have a gift of giving. That's so good. So good. This is so exciting. So I can't wait to continue in yeah. another podcast to unpack the next gift. So now, um, if you want a brilliant, brilliant, like disc- like, um, oh. podcast on this subject too, I just want to share because we're getting a lot of our, like a lot of our learning came from the Sanctus Church Amazing. podcast, um, done by John Thompson, Pastor John Thompson, um, on spiritual gifts. So if you just find, if you want to, if you're, if you want to dive into it a little bit more, um, you'll hear a lot of similar things cause we're learning from that, but he's he's done a phenomenal job at breaking all this down and so again it's the sanctus church podcast you can go on there just scroll through find the spiritual gifts series and you can listen to i think there's 10 different it's phenomenal it's so good so i just want to give yeah. props to that and also just encourage you if you want more on this it's it's excellent so yeah it's wonderful yeah and well, follow us this sun like on the sundays yeah, at life center yeah follow us we're, we're breaking apart all of it over yeah. the summer yeah. and uh spiritual gifts in the series called different and it's, uh, it's just helping us all to just see how God's uniquely made us and not to compare ourselves, but to fully embrace and to fully exercise and live in how God has created us to be. So it's powerful. And we need you. Those that are listening, we, we need, need you. Other. Your local church needs you. Your, your community needs you to operate in your spiritual gift and to fully build up the kingdom of God, how he has uniquely designed you to do so. Love it. It's amazing. Love it. Well, thank you, Rhonda. That was fantastic. We love this. And we just continue to pray for you. We pray for that release of the supernatural spiritual gifts that God has for you. He has one for you, probably a primary for you. And we just pray that you would discover it in the season ahead and that you would just operate in it in the fullness of all the Holy Spirit has for you. And as you go, remember, God has complete confidence in you. And you are crowned as a daughter of the King. God bless. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.